I just like found some cool stones and stuff. This was at a time when um, like raw stone jewelry was becoming super popular and it was very, very expensive as well. Um, and I kind of found things to kind of create the looks I was seeing like that I just couldn't afford. And then I just kept making it. And like I said, my friends, I would give it to them or people would ask me about it. And I would start selling a little bit here and there. And then um, I actually had, I would post things on Instagram that I was just proud of. And I had a store reach out to me and was like, do you do wholesale for this stuff? And I was like, sure, (laughs) I do. Yes. And I kind of said yes and then figured out how to make that happen and what that looked like and everything. And they ended up ordering like $1,000 worth of product And that kind of blew my mind. And I was like, whoa, I was like, if just one store orders that much, like what could I do this like full time as my job? And that's really the moment where it became like, okay, this is my goal is to like get to a point where I can quit this other job. Welcome to Modern Happiness, where we believe happiness is a choice. Our goal is to share how we and our high performing guests choose happiness covering topics such as fitness, mindset, relationships, business, and much more in today's world. Here are your hosts, Matt Mahalik and Taylor Sleeper. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Modern Happiness. This is Deuce and I am so excited, again, always, always excited, honestly, But this week, Matt and Taylor got to sit down with Amanda Harper, the founder of Harper Made Jewelry. Now, Amanda just launched literally one of the coolest products I've ever seen, heard of. I don't even know. I, my mind was blown when I first saw it. Um, It's called the Ear Kit. And she literally invented this just out of, (laughs) she invented it. It's sick. Um, so today we talked a lot about her entrepreneurial journey, how she ended up inventing this awesome new thing. She's incredible. This interview was so inspiring and I'm really excited for you guys to listen. So if you love the episode, please, please, please take a little screenshot and, you know, post it on Instagram, tag us, share it with your friends. We love that. Oh, and follow us if you haven't followed us at Modern Happiness Podcast already. Amanda was kind enough to offer our listeners 20% off their next purchase. All you have to do is go to shopharpermade.com and place happiness in the code box at checkout and you'll get 20% off of any order. But without further ado, here's Amanda Harper of Harper Made Jewelry. What's up, happiness homies? Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Happiness Podcast. We're so happy to have you, and we're so happy to have our guest, Amanda Harper. What's up, Amanda? Nothing or everything. Happy Nothing to be here. and everything. <laughs> all I, the things. All the I things. I love it. I love it. Cool. All right, we're going to start off, as always, with some rapid fire so the guests get to know you a little bit better. Okay. And I'm going to start with the first question. Put me on the spot. I, we're trying to make this easy. We could walk you through it, <laughs> keep it nice and simple, but we always like to share gratitude. So what is one thing you're grateful for? My health. Nice. Okay. Perfect. Mm. Solid. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I write that one down a lot. 
because uh, oftentimes, you know, you see, I don't know, someone who doesn't have their health. You know, yeah. Like, oh, I'm so happy I can walk. And Especially the past couple of years, it's mm. been a big one yeah. to be happy for. Yeah. For sure. Happy to be able to carry my ass up a mountain and all that stuff. Yeah. Love it. Yes. Do all the things. Okay. Second question. What is your most used emoji? Um, the crying, laughing, probably, or the brown heart. Ooh. Interesting. Why the brown heart? I don't know. It's different. Yeah. <laughs> we actually. It matches my branding for my business. I use the orange heart. On Instagram more. So it's just, it's in there always. It's just like. Yeah. That's Easy. so funny. Shout out to Jocelyn, one of our friends. Sent a message in a group chat, and she put a brown heart. And I was like, there's a brown heart? I didn't <laughs> even realize there's a brown heart. And now That's you're funny. doing it. It's fairly new. Synchro Destiny. It's probably the newest heart color. Interesting. I got to mix up my heart colors. <laughs> Man, dude. What am I doing? Josh is going to love the shout there's out. There's a purple and a green, too. <sighs> yeah. I use orange because it's my brand. And then sometimes when I'm, like, sending someone, like, when I'm really sending a heart, like, oh, you know, sending good vibes or whatever it is. Um, I'll use the red because I don't want to feel like I'm pushing, not that anyone would know, yeah. but me, I'm like, I don't want to push my brand color in your face by saying an orange heart. So I go back to the red as a classic yeah, to yeah. fall back on. I get yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Just keeping it real. Wow. I really haven't even thought about my heart color. I'm going <laughs> to, man, I'm going to journal on this tonight and I'll get back to you guys. <laughs> things that go through my head. Man. Um, okay. Do you know what a walk up, walk up song is? Yes. Okay. What is your walk up song? Um, Probably Fleetwood Mac Dreams. Oh, that's because it's just a vibe. Everyone's happy to hear that song so when it popular. comes on. Yeah, it's Matt's favorite song. Yeah, I don't love Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> I know. I feel like I I'm know. supposed really? to. I'm like, I just don't. They're like my favorite band of all time. Really? Yeah. I, I like the few of the popular songs, but I'm just I don't know. Even Dreams, I'm like okay. I like oh. more hype in my life. <laughs> that's okay. what it is. Very high okay. energy. Yeah. Um. Okay. Favorite book. Um. The Alchemist. Oh, I just reread that like a year ago. Yeah, it's good. I didn't love it as much the second time. Really? I haven't revisited it. Yeah. I read it, um, I feel like kind of later for most people in their age range. I just read it a few years ago and it was like the right time for me to read it, I think. Yeah. So I like latched on to a lot of pieces for it in it. But um, yeah, I haven't revisited it. Yeah, we had, to, we had to read it in high school. And that year we got to vote on which book we read for summer. And it's like 100 pages. So everyone, like, <laughs> hands down, everyone voted for that one. And it was the Smart. one book I think I actually read in high school. And I, lo- and I loved it then. But Wow. It's, it's interesting. One, timing is so important with books. Yeah. Like, if you read it at sure. the right time. Uh, and I think I read it maybe in the past three years. So kind of late also. But I feel like when you know the storyline, like, like, that's a hard one to revisit. Because mm. there's sort of an element of surprise. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I didn't journal on it. I don't know why I didn't <laughs> like it as much this time. But um, yeah, That's, is it my turn? Yes. Did you just ask that? Okay, yes, cool. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, what did you want to be when you grew up? When I was young, I wanted to be on Broadway, oh. but I can't carry a tune. So, uh, can you dance? <clears throat> ish. I can like put together some choreography and make it happen, but not at a Broadway level. Or Did anything. you like see your Broadway show? Is that what inspired you? I just loved um I loved being in plays. Like I did that at school and like um you know, community theater and stuff like that. Um so I just loved all that and the high of like performing I think I really liked. Um, and then later I just wanted to do a job in fashion. I thought I'd work at a magazine or, um, 
a brand, like a big house name brand. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, as a teenager, that's what I wanted to do. Nice. Is, awesome. there, is there any aspiration to get on Broadway, to do some acting? No. I'll, actually, I was, like, going through a hard time a couple of years ago. I was like, I need something else in my life to, like, care about or, like, focus on. And I, I toyed with the idea of maybe, like, jumping in some community theater, but I don't know. <laughs> right now, I don't have the time, mm. but... Maybe one day. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like it. Well, I feel like you on social media is feeding that life for you. Maybe. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. she beaut- like, kills it on social media. Yeah. It's a Gr- performance. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. It is a performance. Yeah. So a lot of people can't do it. So Very true. Yeah. Whatever. You're still kind of like your own Broadway star. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Last rapid fire. What is your superpower? Um, Falling asleep. I could fall asleep. That's a new one. I could fall asleep anywhere, anytime. I could lay my head down on this table and be asleep in five minutes. Man, teach me your ways. I think I actually have an issue. Like, I think I need to go to the doctor. There's a, there's a medical it. problem. But yeah, definitely that. Okay, I'm gonna ask a follow up. So, that's a great superpower. Is there anything that like you're really, really good at, or a characteristic you have, or like something that makes you unique? I think that I am very open-minded and able to look at maybe someone's life that lives a different lifestyle than me or has different ideas than me and be able to take it in and like appreciate that everyone's leading a different journey basically. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Empathetic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Awesome. Um, All right. I'm going to kick it off. So you filled out this intake form Mm -hmm. and what you said, which is always very close to my heart is doing a job that you weren't passionate about. You were aching to do more. And then of course you have, are building, have built, are building your uh, jewelry company. Yeah. So what were you doing before? And can you, I just want you to walk me through, like, what were you feeling? Yeah. Those times. So I was a manager at a retail store, a department store. Um, Joseph and a. Bank. Joseph a. Bank? <laughs> Suit store? No. Okay. If you couldn't guess, that's, Matt that's worked what I at did. Joseph A. Bank. So I did it oh, like, nice. for college. Yeah. Th- nice. Thought you we know, had that connection. You know the retail slog. <laughs> for sure. Um, and as I mentioned, I really wanted to work in fashion coming out of college like I went to school in Tennessee not really the hub of fashion in America and coming out of going to that school and you know having not having like interned in New York or LA which is kind of where you go if that's what your ambition is um it was just hard to find a job in this industry that was kind of the most adjacent to it I could get was uh, working retail so I was working as a department manager at Nordstrom and I just, it just like wasn't lighting me up, wasn't fulfilling me. Um, I have always been like a, I think I've had like creative energy kind of pent up in myself like my whole life. And I just never really found a medium that really resonated with me. Like I tried art, I could never really draw that well. I tried musical theater, couldn't really sing that well. I played the drums in high school and that didn't really stick either. And so I just, um, on a whim, just kind of like bought a bunch of supplies and started teaching myself stuff. And it was like, just like the floodgates opened and I, um, 
just like could not stop making jewelry. This is at a time when I was like hand making it all myself. I did that for many years um, after that, but just could not stop making it, giving it to friends. And then I would go to work wearing the stuff I'd made and like customers would ask me about that instead of more than like the clothes I was trying to sell. So that's kind of how the ball got rolling. That's awesome. I love that. I, I, so like kind of my story was like, I won't tell the whole thing. I know guys relax, but, um, just being in corporate and, and same idea. Jar? Yeah. Uh, but like aching to do more, yeah. really wanting something. And for me, it was like, I was an engineer and I was like, I like, I got to make money faster somehow. So I, so I can retire at 50 instead of 60 mm-hmm. or something. And I'm like, for me, it was like just trying to make money to get out. Um, but not thinking that I could do something else. That's how you saw your way out was retirement. Yeah. yeah kind yeah. of. And if like, Oh, maybe, you know, or maybe even, retire earlier than 50, maybe 40 and like get into stocks or I don't know. Um, and then through my story, like f- just trying a bunch of s- stuff and then, um, getting to where I am now again, I'm trying to avoid telling the whole story, but I'm curious for you, um, being in retail, was it like you mentioned like the drums and being artsy and, and drawing and stuff. And was it like, were you trying stuff when you were in retail and like looking for something else to do that was more inspiring? I think all that kind of creative experimentations happened more before I was like working full time in retail after college. So no, I, I wasn't really, it was more like I was just exploring in my mind, like what I could do differently or I was applying for jobs every night, like to work at something that excited me more. Um, and never heard like a peep like not even an email back like a confirmation of (laughs) we've received your application Hmm. so that's kind of where I was channeling that energy I think was just like what else can I do to do something fulfilling because that was always my my um goal was to just do a job that I loved like that was number one so important to me like I think some people go through school and they just are like what is a job that makes sense or what's something that you know, pays well for the lifestyle I want. And that's more their priorities. Whereas I just really wanted to do something I loved um, right out of the gates. So, yeah. So you're applying to all these jobs, not hearing a word back. Can you take me back to the moment where you like picked up a piece of jewelry or what did that look like? I know, like what inspired you to buy things to make jewelry? I think I was just at Michael's (laughs) and... They have, they actually have way more now than they did then, because um, this was like 2012. Um, I just like found some cool stones and stuff. This was at a time when um, like raw stone jewelry was becoming super popular and it was very, very expensive as well. Um, and I kind of found things to kind of create the looks I was seeing like that I just couldn't afford. Mm. Um it was all for yourself. Yeah, to yeah. start for yeah. sure. And then I just kept making it. And like I said, my friends, I would give it to them or people would ask me about it. And I would start selling a little bit here and there. And then um, I actually had, I would post things on Instagram that I was just proud of um, for the the serotonin hits when people <laughs> liked Do- it dopamine, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, likes. And... I had a store reach out to me and was like, do you do wholesale for this stuff? And I was like, sure, (laughs) I do. Yes. And I kind of said yes and then figured out how to make that happen and what that looked like and everything. And they ended up ordering like $1,000 worth of product. 
And that kind of blew my mind. And I was like, whoa, I was like, if just one store orders that much, like what could I do this like full time as my job? And that's really the moment where it became like, okay, this is my goal is to like get to a point where I can quit this other job. That's so fucking awesome. I think so many, like, I I feel like I see so many people maybe have this and then a store would come and say, we're going to buy your stuff. And people turn around and go, because they're scared and like, no, I'm not ready. Like, yeah. oh, let me see if, let me figure this out. Let me get it all perfect. And let me get whatever, 20 pieces, 50 pieces lined up for you. And you were like, yes, sounds good. And then you'll figure it out on the way. Yeah. How important do you think that was to like, just say yes and figure it out? I think I've been doing it ever since. So <laughs> nice. okay, yeah. I think like if you wait till things are perfect, you're, you'll never start. So I'm glad that I just jumped at it. I think the, it was like dollar signs in my eyes a little bit as well. Like it was like, wow, this is like a big deal. Like this is important to me to make it happen. And to be fair, like half the stuff I sent them like broke and you know, I, that was a bit, another big learning experience, but yeah, just to, to make it happen and learn along the way was good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how much quicker you learn by doing all that, having whatever half the shit break, and you're like, cool, now I got to figure this out. We, we can't have stuff breaking. Yeah. Whereas, again, if you didn't do that, try to get it all perfect, you might never know that, you know, things are going to break or whatever, and it just delays that. Right. You know, the inevitable, essentially. So it's like, yeah. let's just do it. Let's figure it out. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. So what, what was that process like? You said that was your vision, like, I want to do this full time. Uh-huh. How long was it like a side hustle? Was it like 50-50? Or was there one moment where you're like, I'm just going all in? So there was, um, so I was working retail when I started, um, kind of just making, I didn't think I even had my brand name or anything set up yet. Was doing that, um, got the order from the store. It was still very much like a side hustle. I'm, I'm kind of like, I lean more towards like the safe side for that kind of thing. Like I wanted to make sure I really could support myself and, um, I took it less risky. I, that's actually, um, advice I always give people when they ask me like, go for it sooner than you think because I never looked back personally. Anyway, then I got a job um, doing uh, selling handbags for a company in Boulder. And it was still kind of a side – it was more like 50-50 at that point. Like I was working really hard on it on the nights and weekends. And um, I I think they like – saw that my heart wasn't in it and mm. in the this job selling handbags and I actually got fired from that job so um then it was like okay <laughs> I didn't have to make the choice <laughs> to go full-time with it so well I'm curious what was that's kind of like a, a side thing but what was that like being fired it's I imagine so, yeah <laughs> I'm like a not get in trouble kind of person I'm I hate being scolded or yelled at or you know anything like that getting speeding tickets <laughs> all of that so it it sucked. It was like hard on my ego and like I felt I think really guilty about it and just bad about myself, but it it was the best thing that could have happened cuz I then just had the freedom to just work for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I have ever since. I think it's interesting cuz I imagine a lot of people would look at it that way. I know my dad is a banker. He ended up starting his own bank, but talking to him now that I'm older, there was a time where he was fired. And like, as a kid, I never knew that. And I'm like, what? Like, it seems like such a bad thing. And I think it's just funny how until these things happen, we like have this lens that we look at life. But like you said, that was 
probably the best thing that happened to you. Yeah, yeah. And I actually learned a lot at that job too. So it's all all good memories. Um, and yeah, I'm glad it happened when it did. And then it just freed me up to really pursue what was in my heart all along. I love it. I wanted to go kind of, I don't know where this fits into everything uh, on, on the questionnaire we gave you. We talked about this book, The Artist's Way. Yeah. And I thought it was so intriguing because I loved what you said about it. Can you talk about that book? And yeah, where that kind for of fits sure. In? So earlier this year, this book was written like 20 years ago. So now that I've had experience with it, a lot of people that in my life have as well. And I just had never heard of it before personally. But I think it's like helped a lot of people in life along the way, especially creative people. But um, basically, it's like a six-week course. And you read, you know, a chapter a week. And it gives you all this homework to like fit into your life every day. So the first thing is like the first thing you do when you get up is you journal like three full pages pen to paper with your hand um, on, you know, notebook paper, like three full pages is um, the first thing that it gets you in the habit of doing. And it can be about anything like stream of consciousness kind of stuff. Um, and then she, she tells you not to like really read much into it, just make it a practice and then you take yourself on artist dates, is what she calls them, um, where you just, you alone by yourself, just spend two hours a week. It can be split up or it can be all at once. Just doing something that just you love. That has nothing to do with your work. You're not trying to like make money off of it or like feed something creative that you're already working on. It's like just purely for enjoyment. So that's kind of where you start. And then along the way, you have all these prompts and stuff that you incorporate into your journaling about um, things like in your um, it's almost like therapy too it's like you go back through your childhood and you you dissect people that maybe like stilted your creativity at any point and you kind of like write letters to them like hypothetical letters to them and stuff like that Um, and yeah it's supposed to kind of just like create space in your life for um creativity to find you whether you have lost it you have like writer's block or you just want to be a more creative person um it kind of just sets up your life to have like leave the openings for inspiration to come and um when I was going through that book is when I had this big idea for my my new line product line that I released about a month ago um so I swear by it (laughs) and like there's so many stories of people that have gone through this book and like done some of the best work of their lives so yeah highly recommend yeah I I love it um I want to circle back to your new line maybe we can talk about that but um but staying with this book uh it sounds to me well you said this in in the uh questionnaire but you were like it wasn't really about like finding your passion necessarily yeah. It's more about giving you this space to almost let it come naturally. Is right. that accurate? It's kind of um, set – the book is set up for kind of the structure of it is geared towards people that maybe are having like a creative block. So, yeah, it's just kind of crafting like different habits and things that help break through that and help just the inspiration like flow into you so yeah it's not really geared towards oh you need to spend 
two hours a week like working on your craft mm-hmm. it's more like you do all these other things that maybe you just don't fit in every day yeah um it's like and, stepping away from it yeah which i've been leaning more into lately and something i tell my clients where you know we've Taylor and i have read this with this deepak chopra book but it's like just the act of silence and it doesn't have to mean you sit and meditate it could be the journaling going for a run playing like when you said play something creative that you just love i was thinking about you know, playing more guitar. And now that I'm in my new apartment, it's hanging on the walls. So I'll pick them up more and I'll actually play. And I'm excited about that because I know when I do sit in that silence or get away from my work, that's when all the yeah. fucking awesome ideas come. Yeah. And so Deepak Chopra ta- calls it um, a non-local communication, but essentially it's like letting that subconscious mind where you're like, his examples, you know, when you are like trying to think of someone's name, you're like, what the hell is that person's name? Like, I know it's on the tip of my tongue. And then an hour goes by, like you're in the shower or something, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're like, it's Michael! It's fucking Michael! Of course! You know, because you just let it go, and it comes to you. Yeah. And that's the same thing, I think, with how the world is nowadays, just like we were done with something, and then we pick up our phone. And now we're staring mm-hmm. at other shit that takes our distracting, mm-hmm. distraction, and there's never enough time to just like step away and just let your mind not think yeah. about shit. Yeah, so I'm curious because you mentioned you you sort of felt a creative block. So what what was going through through your mind or in your life that led you to this, right? Because you you also mentioned, you know, when you first picked up jewelry, you were just trying to find something creative. Mm-hmm. You weren't trying to be find like, oh, I need to start a business. I hate my job, right? Yeah. And then it just kind of happened, which yeah. sounds a little bit like what this book did for you. So I'm curious, you know, were you, did you feel like you were f- forcing it or putting pressure on yourself when you had this kind of block, or what was life like? So. A little bit. I, I've always loved what i done. I never got to a point where I didn't love this business I've made and, you know, making new stuff and all that. But I did sort of get to a point where I was – the fashion cycles for apparel and accessories and stuff kind of works in seasons and you, you put out new stuff every season and that's just kind of how that side of the world works. And I was kind of falling in line with that. I was um, putting out, you know, new designs – in summer, spring, fall, winter, um, on like a cycle. And I'd been doing that for a few years and yeah, it just kind of came, became more like, okay, well I got to like design 20 new things because I got to put those out, you know, next month, whatever. And so, yeah, it, that a little bit of the magic comes out of it. I think when you have it so, um, just scheduled out like that. And part of that's just business. You just have to do that kind of thing. And it's, that's sort of the nature of this. My business is marrying art and commerce. Um, but yeah, it did kind of just feel like it was getting a a little boring maybe. Like I just designed like so many things and put out so many collections and it was just kind of the same thing over and over. Um, so I was just looking for something new to, uh, pursue. I even, like before I had this idea for this new line of jewelry, I was thinking of, you know, adding apparel to my site or doing something else to kind of reinvigorate my passion and excitement. Um, Cause that's really what drives me every day is just being excited about what I get to do. Um, and then I was reading this book and then it just kind of hit me like a lightning bolt, this new idea for this line of jewelry. And I was just like running with it like a mad woman ever <laughs> since. I love it. Yeah. One of my favorite authors, Seth Godin, he talks about writer's block. He's like, there's no such thing as writer's block or really what he says is just keep writing. And that's, that's how, but kind of letting go of that outcome. And I know Matt and I, we use social media a lot and 
we have launches within our businesses and it's, we've both have had launches that didn't go well and we didn't get signups. And it's like the pressure, the pressure. And like, I know for me, when I take a step back and I just show up as myself and I'm like, Oh, I have this idea. I'm just going to post this or write this, you know, article. And then I have people reaching out to me and it's funny how that is. Yeah. Um, I do want to ask before we talk about, uh, your ear kit is you talked about being a creative and you had all this like creativity kind of pent up growing up and you tried all these different things. I'm curious what you think about, I don't know if you've ever heard someone say, I'm not, I'm not a creative person. Yeah. My mom says that all the time. Do you think that's true? Or do you think there's like, they're just not tapping into, obviously there's a spectrum, right? Some people are like truly deep on it, but I'm just, I'm just curious your thoughts on that. I, I do think it's a spectrum, um, but I think everyone has like the capacity to be creative um, and people are creative in, in things that you don't really associate with the arts or creativity. Like they're creative in the way that they maneuver the grocery store or the way that they like pack their car for a road trip or <laughs> I fucking love oh. packing a trunk. Oh man. Tara, remember when I helped you move? Oh, I literally was going to say, Matt helped me move, and I've never felt worse about myself for how poorly I packed and organized and never again. Uh, I was picking on him, but I love, uh, I love packing a trunk. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I love where you're going with this, that it's like modern day. Like, I consider myself a creative, and especially more now what I the life coaching, and I do, do a lot of writing with social media and stuff. But like when I was a kid, I went to art camp, and I love mm-hmm. that. And I got into photography in high school, but like most of my life, people would probably view my identity as like an athlete. I've been a college trained and conditioning coach. I've been a fitness coach. And so it's like, people can't, for some reason, they can't like put the two together. Yeah. That's, I think that's human nature to put people in in boxes, boxes. but the older I get, the more I learn that it's all fluid, like, and that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you say your workouts are creative when you create? Oh yeah. Like uh, programming. Like I program for clients. I used to program for a CrossFit gym and like, I'm literally in a flow state. I've got coffee and I'm just like all the, all the pieces are moving and yeah, it feels like art to me. Yeah. That's why I was curious because I totally agree that I think everyone has creativity and I think people are for whatever reason, they're just like not identifying as that or I don't know why they want to resist that, you know, but it's like your story. I feel like so many people get caught up in the outcome of like, Oh man, I need to start this business to make this money. Whereas you were like, man, I feel in a rut. I just want to like do something I'm passionate about. And mm-hmm. and Matt and I talk about this a lot with, well, you actually mentioned earlier, you went and did orange theory this morning and mm-hmm. like fitness is a huge part of my creativity. Like when I am working out regularly or like in the winter, Matt and I are going to be snowboarding multiple times a week. Like I show up better in my business, Yeah, you know? And so it's like, it, it, it doesn't have to be the normal creativity, but I think it's like when you just lean into like showing up yourself, the end, end goal has a funny way of Here, here's what it is. I just figured it out as I wasn't listening to you talk. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding, I was listening. Uh, creativity, creation. And I believe when people are creating something like how much fun is that? Even today I'm like putting up my bookshelves in my new office and I'm like, so fun to see this blank wall now have like a bookshelf and the books and all these little things on it. And if you're creating something like I was thinking when you were, when you were talking about, you know, it's not the traditional sense of, um, creativity. Um, but like when I was an engineer, like making a spreadsheet, I fucking loved it. <laughs> Putting the colors and the formulas and all that stuff. Oh man. When we started this podcast, 
the spreadsheets that I got. Uh, yeah. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I remember those. Those <laughs> fell off big time. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but it's so fun, and I I feel like if people can find just realize that like whenever you're creating something, uh, that is creativity. Yeah. And I feel like people will just like I know for me, my experience when I see people do it and create something that lights people up. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I love that you said that. Totally. So do you now that you've gone through that book and you kind of had this you know, aha moment with the ear kit. Is there anything that you like specifically implement in your day to day or your week to make sure that you're like creating space to just like create or like have no attachment to like what I'm doing? This is just for me. Yeah. I wanted to ask that if you're still following the book. Um, I still do the journaling most days, which, you know, doing three journal pages is takes like 45 minutes. Like it's a good like little chunk of my day, especially when you have like a hectic schedule. Um, so I do that. I try to like move my body every day. I feel like that's cliche, but um, that keeps me feeling good just when within myself. So I think just in general, I, I try to take care of myself first because that's how the best work gets done and how any work really gets done for me personally um, is when I'm taking care of myself first. You're getting Taylor excited. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't pour from an empty cup. And yeah. so many people feel selfish for that. Yeah. But it's like, if you take care of yourself, you can actually show it better for others. A hundred percent. And you know, you hear that, but it, it definitely clicks when you start doing it. And then you realize how, how much better you can love other people when, when you're feeling tip top. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Let's talk about this ear kit because okay. I know we're all on the edge of our seats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know for me and maybe Matt as a couple of dudes who don't really wear jewelry you know, I'm excited to hear about it. Yeah. But talking to Mad Dog, I'm so hype about it. She is so hype, and so I want to I want to hear about it, and and especially too, just like maybe like a little more of the story of like you were just you know being yourself, and you were just like in this creative space, and it just came to you. Um, and I'm curious how that you know it it sounds like from talking to Maddie that it's kind of this like revolutionary idea. Yes. Um, and I'm curious like not necessarily that you have to rank it, but like where you would put that with like some of your other work that yeah. maybe you felt like, okay, I've got a deadline or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, let's talk about it. So I'll preface it by saying that the jewelry market just itself is very crowded, very, very crowded. A lot of people out there doing similar stuff, um, me included. I, I've always just created things I like, and put them out in the world. Luckily, people, for the most part, have liked them too. And it's been able to support me and my livelihood, you know, for eight years now. But, you know, all the best businesses that you think of in your mind, they kind of have a hook, like something different or unique about them, whether it's like um, innovation or the community or like a killer brand or whatever. Um, And I just never really felt like I completely had that. And that's fine. Like you can still just put out pretty beautiful things and that can be your life. But when I thought of this idea, it just got me really excited because it's not something I had ever really seen before. Um, So I'll go through kind of how it works. So I'm have designed jewelry under the name Harper Maid for eight years and then my new like sub brand is called Ear Kit and it's basically the this whole system of earrings where every single piece is removable and interchangeable with basically every other piece so you can take like a stud and put it with um, another little thing and it makes it into instead of like a circle it's like 
the circle goes inside of like a heart and so it makes it into a heart shape or like you have a chain that you can connect to two different piercings or you can connect it from the front to the back or um, belly button to ear <laughs> you got a long one yeah i need to that's can be for for spring 2022 there we go <laughs> put putting that on the wait list yeah. for that one. <laughs> please do i'll pay uh, for your belly button piercing <laughs> i got the i need the ear piercing too i need the whole thing we'll make a day of it um so that's kind of the whole idea and when i these like elements of like removable pieces and interchangeable things is something I'd played with before. And then just having the idea of having this whole like system. So, so women or any, anyone obviously can wear these, but um, people can collect them over time. And, you know, over a couple years, you could have like a hundred pieces to just go into your jewelry box every morning and kind of pick out like a ear outfit every day. And it's all like, customizable i tried to do the math on literally how many different mm. combinations you can do and i just i couldn't even get there so it's a lot it's mm -hmm. like endless um so thinking of this idea that i had never really seen in the jewelry space before um just got me really excited because i feel like everything's been done in the jewelry space so i just like kind of jumped all in and i just thought of it as an opportunity to maybe reach more people and um kind of make the brand a little bit bigger than just me and like what I like think is pretty and all that, which I will still do. But yeah, that's kind of where we're at. And we just, um, we launched a Kickstarter. It just ended last Saturday and we raised over double like our goal. Nice. So that was in how many hours? <laughs> Tell them in how many hours? We hit the goal in six hours. Woo! And then over the next 30 days, we ended up doubling over doubling it so nice. that was exciting congrats kickstarter is like a whole adventure if you want to talk about that we can yeah. <laughs> that could be like a whole podcast um <laughs> but yeah so now it's just going to be shipping out the product and i have i'm just so excited that people were also excited about this idea because the ideas that i have like of new products to release within this is just like i have so many cool thoughts and ideas for it so that gets me fired up. Yeah, I could tell fired <laughs> up. You're sitting up on your chair now. You're fucking so pumped. Um, I love all this. I, it's like the idea of novelty. I was just talking to my girlfriend about like going to the closet. And I'm like, I fucking hate all my clothes. Like I just want to throw everything out and just – can someone give me like five grand and just update my wardrobe? Yeah. And the idea of this is like you, you know, like you get something new and you're like, I love this piece of jewelry. But after a month or two, it kind of fades and it mm -hmm. just kind of becomes a part of you. You wear it every day and it's not exciting anymore. But now it's like – you have your ear fit. You can yeah. make it new every day. And yeah. if there's endless options, like how yeah. great is that? And you don't, yeah, exactly. it sounds like to me, you don't have to be like, you can spend X amount on the jewelry, but then you can have these so many options that it's, right. it's almost cheaper in the long run. For sure. And it's, it's not expensive to begin with, but yeah, I, being someone that loves fashion, like going into my closet in the morning, like picking out what I want to wear is fun for me like mm -hmm. I that's part of my life it's been part of my identity as long as I can remember and I love that and I just wanted to give people that experience with their jewelry as well oh my god that's so cool I fucking hate shopping I hate <laughs> picking out I've if I if I was more maybe a little weirder I'd probably be like Steve Jobs and just be like black <laughs> turtleneck and jeans every day but I'm like oh gym clothes like let's <laughs> Get I, out. I would love to this. see that look. Black turtleneck <laughs> and jeans. That's so Maybe I'll shave my head and do that for Halloween. <laughs> I love it. I, I, will, I will pay you to shave your head. I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> I know. I'm That's why I was here. like. Um, okay. I'm curious. Yeah. Talk more about like 
jewelry, right? I feel like in today's world, uh, fashion, it can be an interesting conversation mm -hmm. and like what it means to some people, what it is like high end fashion, like what, it, what does it mean to you? What is like, why jewelry? Like, what does that give you? And then what do you hope people get out of that? Cause, cause I'm on the same page. Matt and I have, have had conversations where it's like, I've got Lululemon sweatpants on. Like I will pay for like quality and like mm -hmm. if I feel good and, and that could be like my snowboard or like a mountain bike or other things because um, if it's nicer or I really like it, I'm going to wear it more and I'm going to, and, and it's like, you just feel good. And yeah. If you feel good, you show up better. Um, but also there's a balance between like, you know, not just buying all the expensive clothes to like mask whatever's going on. Right. As like a habit or just like, a vice yeah. to make yourself feel better like you would go for a drink or whatever. Um, totally. I Fashion for me has been, um, and jewelry lumped in with that, a form of expression. Like I, I'm pretty introverted, uh, especially when I was like young like, uh, in middle school and high school. I was very introverted, pretty insecure. And that was a way for me to kind of express who I was without – Mm. being able to really do it with my words or uh, my personality. <laughs> do you still classify yourself as introverted? For the most part in like the classic definition where um, you get tired <laughs> being around a lot of people, like it kind of drains you and you need time alone to like recharge. That's a hundred percent me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I literally probably She might fall asleep by yeah. the end of the episode. I might not make it out of here. Depends how long we go. Yeah. Let's find um, out. <laughs> But over the years, I, I've gotten much better at communicating with people and talking yeah. and all that stuff. And I love connecting with people like so much. But yeah, I do need kind of alone time to recoup. For sure. This is intro This is the third time today I've had this conversation about introverts, extroverts. So I'm like, Deepak, what is the universe telling me? <laughs> um, I, I'm the same way. And I definitely have like opened up as I've gotten older. But have you ever heard of Susan Cain or the book Quiet? There's also yes, a, a TED Talk. I've read that book it's been a few years I'm not sure if I finished it but mm. I do have I it actually didn't finish it but I feel like the first half you kind of wow. get yeah. book sounds really good get, <laughs> neither get you what you need it. uh it honestly changed my life like in college I read that because you said like the classic definition of I grew up I went to like a private school I'm an only child and you know people always said introvert and shy with like a negative connotation I right. hated that and then when I read this, it was like, no, it's like how you recharge or like, it also talks about being stimulated. Like introverts are, uh, less easily it's, it's harder to be stimulated. Meaning like, for example, I hate small talk. I don't want to talk about the weather. I want to talk about yeah. your life, what matters. And then like the, the example I use, one of my older roommates is the biggest extrovert and anywhere we would go, he could talk to anyone about anything, just like strike up a full in-depth conversation. And, um, but what's cool. One of my favorite parts is at the beginning, there's like a 20 question quiz uh -huh. Um, and I think I answered like 11 towards being an introvert and nine for an extrovert. So it's like, oh, you're on the cusp. there's also a spectrum. So I, I consider myself an extroverted introvert, Yeah. you know? Um, but, uh, I, I think that's really cool. So you used fashion to kind of, you know, have this identity. A hundred percent. And so how, how has that changed maybe throughout your lifetime? And then like, what is, you know, what is kind of your hope with your clients? Like people who buy your jewelry, like what, what do you want, you know, your brand to represent to people? Yeah, I think um, to answer the first part, I think just my confidence in myself has grown a lot um, over the years. Even from when I started my business, it's given me a lot um, just within myself. So 
now my like love of fashion and jewelry and everything is more just fun. It's like less just about showing the world who I am. I feel like I can do that now myself without it. But now it's just really fun and um, still kind of like an art form and a way to express yourself. Um, but for my brand, I would love – I just love the idea of giving people kind of that fun and playful opportunity to experiment with stuff themselves as well. Um, and, yeah, I just would love to stand for kind of like a fun, playful brand. Inclusive. I love that. Um yeah, and just something to kind of collect and experiment with over time. Awesome. Well, <laughs> so fun to be evolving. It's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I'm curious. I want to go back because the nerd in me really wants to know. I want to know two questions. I'm trying to figure <laughs> out which one I want to ask. But I think I'm so curious about the Kickstarter. And okay. I know you said that could be a whole podcast. So we don't have to go <laughs> too deep into it. But how do you get so many people to – you know, what's the process of getting people – to buy it and share it and like how do you sell out in six hours well and what is like the original intent like so, why start with kickstarter um that's a good question because you know having my business for eight years i i could have just gone to my community of people that already buy from me that follow me on instagram or in my email list or whatever i could have got, just gone to them and done basically a pre-order and kind of structured it the same way whereas mm -hmm. you like back the product now so that you can get it like in a month or whatever kind of how I, I structured the Kickstarter I could have done that and it would have I wouldn't have had to pay the fees associated with Kickstarter etc but I wanted to make it like more of a thing I wanted to really like stand for like this is a new big thing that I want to do I want to make a splash I didn't want it to get kind of lost with every other little thing that I have released over the years so that's why I choose, chose to make it a Kickstarter. Uh, I think I was lucky um, doing a Kickstarter venture because I did have like a core base of people that do like to purchase my jewelry um, already, like a core mm -hmm. group of customers. A lot of people start a Kickstarter with just an amazing idea and nothing else. And if anyone listening is in that position, I would just recommend really doing what you can before you launch it to kind of build a community around whatever the product is um, because I think that's ultimately what's going to lead to this success. Um, there's a couple great books you can read about it. I read two books um, and they can kind of tell you how to build that community, how to um, do paid advertising in like the bracket of Kickstarter, um, which would be helpful. I, I didn't even take that route myself, but um, for someone that's starting from zero, that would be certainly helpful. Uh, but yeah, there's kind of a whole um, strategy to it. It's a deep and it's rabbit interesting. hole. Yeah. It sounds like. What yeah. was the community book? I'm curious. The book. The book to help you with like. Oh, community um, so it's just kind of about Kickstarter in general oh, and how okay, to have gotcha. a successful campaign. Gotcha. It's called uh, crowdfunded. And then I read another one. That's the one I would recommend more. But then I read another one called uh, the Kickstarter launch formula. Okay. And, yeah, they just kind of dive into just the mechanics of running a successful campaign. Okay. Nice. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So we don't have to dive deeper. My other nerdy question is, how the fuck do you make jewelry? <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing over there? Like, I'm just – I'm literally thinking of the back of an earring 
that little that little <laughs> the butterfly thing, back, the little butterfly i'm like it. i'm like are you like molding that shit no. or are you ordering it like, those i've always bought okay um that would be crazy some people do make every th- little thing down to that level of detail that stuff is far more expensive than kind of what my market is so um i you you know what pliers are mm-hmm. um you take those that's kind of like your go-to tool for what i do at least um and i just kind of experiment with chains and charms and just create stuff that way are you buying like i'm looking at your necklace like you buying like a a, a rod of metal and then kind of forming so for this shapes? no i just bought a loop of chain and i just cut it and assembled it um some people do kind of melt the metal and mm-hmm. those are called silversmiths i'm not technically i don't consider myself a silversmith mm-hmm. um i consider myself more of a designer mm-hmm. and then um for the ear kits i'm actually getting all that manufactured okay cool nice um but yeah silversmithing is like the when you literally take the sheet of metal mm. and you craft something out of it, which I respect a lot. My market is just everything I've ever sold has been under $50. So that's not really the time and the materials for that is that's like your heirloom pieces. The things you pass down to your kids are made by those artists. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's cool. All right. Um, I know the dying question. Everybody wants to know what is in this season, the fall season, oh, my winter <laughs> season. What's coming besides the ear kit, obviously, but yeah, I, for sure the ear kit. Uh, you know, it's funny. I've always found like, I always felt like I was ahead of the curve on some of that stuff where I don't care about fashion, but I, I'm like very observant. Mm-hmm. Remember in like second grade, um, I started the Hawaiian shirt trend and that just <laughs> he, spread everywhere. He I fucking started, started that. He, wow. In my, in my like elementary school and stuff, everyone started wearing them, but they're like, I noticed that, like, you know, what was it, 2014, 2013, something, like, just, like, specks of neon. I'm like, neon's blowing up, and I just, like, oh, God, lean I into neon. Didn't last too long, but, uh, like, you know, ne- yeah. I don't know. I just feel like I tend to notice some of these things. Not everything. I'm not saying I'm an expert, but. Yeah. Shaved head and black turtleneck. <laughs> You're about, it's about to blow yeah, up. It's coming back. But everything's cyclical, cyclical right? Like, fucking mullets are all around now, uh, and that's a thing that people are doing. So, uh, yeah. anyway. I'm curious, what's what's the winter trend? So, I think it's actually a really exciting time in fashion right now, personally, because I think it's actually less about trends and kind of more about people sort of finding their own sense of style. Boom. And I agree. Yeah, and it's so fun. It's and it's like thrifting has become like a big big trend especially in like gen z which is amazing it's so much better for the planet by reusing stuff that's already here instead of um you know when when i was like growing up in high school and college or whatever forever 21 was it and you literally spend 12 dollars on a new shirt you wear once and we didn't think of it as the way that we are now whereas that's gonna live on the planet forever going to landfill and it's creating all this waste. So a much more sustainable alternative that people are turning to is thrifting. And you that's how you find, like, some of the sickest stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, yeah, it's kind of just finding, like, cool stuff and putting together your own sense of style. And I think it's less about just the trends and, like, what everyone's wearing. Um, it's more about, yeah, what you want to wear and what oh, you feel oh, good I in. I like it. I like it. Fuck yeah. what everyone else thinks. <laughs> wear what you yeah, want to wear. exactly. Yeah, nice. so many people are, like, making their own clothes these days, yeah. which is so fun. Like, people are taking, like, old, antique, like, towels and making, like, the coolest shirts 
or like corset tops. Like yeah. it's, there's so much cool stuff being made now that it just really excites me. Okay. So as a designer, yeah. if that's what you identify with, how do you like, what, I'm curious, what is like, for lack of a better term, continuing education, right? Cause I imagine being a creative, uh, like you want to, you want to just like kind of stay in your own lane, but also like keeping up with what are other people doing or like maybe other people inspiring you to like take a twist off that. Like, how do you, how do you kind of grow? Cause I know for me, like I have mentors or I'll look at other people in the mm -hmm. field. What are they doing? Like what's being posted on social media? Is it, is it looking at other designers? Is it, I don't know. It's kind of open ended question. Yeah. I think that's really hard because you, you do want to look to what others are doing um, just to kind of see what people are gravitating towards. Um, but you don't want to fall. It's, it makes it harder to stand for like your own thing. Um, so I'm trying to less and less like look at other jewelry designers. I'm trying to unfollow all the ones that really do inspire me, but because I just don't want to, I want to do my own thing and think of ideas out of my own brain a hundred percent. Um, so I think that's a hard, it's a slippery slope to, uh, look to others for inspiration, but make sure you're putting your own spin on it too. I guess that's the key. Yeah, for sure. I, cause it's, it, it's good to see what other, other people are doing, but you don't want to like do it just because that's what they're doing. Or right. even I think in your work, it's a little unique where subconsciously you're like, Oh, I got this great idea. Mm -hmm. And then maybe like, yeah, something rolls on Instagram where you're like, Oh, that's my idea. Like, yeah. you know, so it, it is that balance. That's interesting. For sure. I have a question. Yeah. So you said you read a lot of books to do the Kickstarter. Do you have like a business coach, partner, anyone that you like talk these ideas out with? Or is it literally just all you and <laughs> books? Because um, I don't have like a, um, a business partner or even like an official mentor. But when I – I was already working on my business when I moved out to Colorado cool. like eight years ago. Um, and – all my friends basically are artists or kind of have their own side hustle or business or um, creative venture. So definitely an amazing group of friends that mm -hmm. is great to bounce ideas off of and stuff. See, once again, we're talking community. about community. <laughs> community and how we say it all the time. It's so it yes. Yeah. You are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah, and yeah. this is what I find. I just started my new program again with personal trainers, and they're like, they're not around business people are entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you guys are entrepreneurs. You're not personal trainers. You're entrepreneurs and you need to be around business people. Like not just the same personal trainers who are struggling and not making enough money. And you're talking about your fucking new program that you developed. It's like, you need to be around business people. Yeah. To, and like, it's just so important. And that's so awesome that you have that. Yeah. yeah. Surround yourself with those that lift you higher. Amen. Damn. Amen, sister. Okay. So I have a question on that thread. It's kind of earlier. We talked about, <laughs> On that same vein, thank you, thank you. Oh thank you. <laughs> on that same it's vein. been a while. It's been a while. Sorry, Sorry. we'll just ongoing joke. <laughs> we'll fill okay. you, fill you in later. Penis veins and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we need to. This needs to be like a disclaimer before every podcast. Yeah, let's fill you in on the inside jokes. Yeah, in case they come up. Yeah, and then the guest needs to sign a waiver. <laughs> we don't have an HR department. Um, okay, so I want to talk about like hitting deadlines because earlier you talked about um, if, if we just talk about like writer's block or this creative block and then you, you found this book and, and even when you were, you know, 
working at the department store. It's like, you're like, I don't want to do this, but you're, you decided you just needed a creative outlet. And then that creative outlet led to something that you love, was passionate about, and there was a need and you could create a business and that, that led to success. But I know something Matt and I deal with a lot with our clients is people who, it, it, Matt asked this question and it's, do you not like it or are you just not good at it? So, you know, in the realm of like, there, there's definitely a balance where it's like, maybe you need to take a step back and just be creative. But like you said, there's, there's seasons, right? You need to make stuff. So, so I'm curious what advice you have for doing stuff, even when you don't want to, right? Because it's, it falls in line with like, I know some of the clients I have and, and some that Matt has is like the people around them aren't really like doing the things. So they're like, oh, well, I'm kind of busy or I'm not going to follow through on that. And, and I think being an entrepreneur and being a business owner, you know, something that I've learned is like, sometimes you just got to do the shit regardless of how you feel or whatever. So kind of like the polar opposite of the conversation we had earlier, I'm, I wonder how you handle that. Like I need to get a product out or, you know, even if I'm not feeling like it. Yeah. Um, that it is kind of funny to turn like something that's creatively driven also into your livelihood because you do have to get shit done so that you can eat and have shelter and everything. So that's an interesting balance. Um, as far as like creating new things, something that I do try to do is if I'm in the zone and I'm like, you know, making a ton of stuff that I really dig and like designing all these cool new things and I'm like really feeling it, I just let that go. And I, I would like, if I'm really in it, I will just cancel everything else that I have going that day or like tasks I need to do. Um, and just really like make the most of that kind of flow yeah. Um, and yeah. And then sometimes it's just like anyone has to deal with. Sometimes you have to like do your laundry. It's like that in your business too. Sometimes you just have to sit down and get something done that you isn't fun. It is harder mm. when it's like all up to you. It's like literally no one's going to like come knocking at your door if you don't do this one thing today. That's not that you're not looking forward to. But um, sometimes you got to just get it done. I, I try to batch my days out I don't know if oh, re- <laughs> getting me revved up again <laughs> so I know like you know I try to do all my com- com- anything on the computer like communicating with people or um paperwork or taxes uh, any of that stuff is what I dread the most um so I try to just take a whole day and just devote it to that get it all done I'll usually like make like be really comfy like do it from my couch like make it as pleasant as possible. Um, and then I'll have like a whole day carved out just to like create, or I'll have a whole day where I just get all the like miscellaneous errands done. Um, and that really helps me, um, just like I can lean in and enjoy the days that are enjoyable and then kind of get the icky stuff done all at once. (laughs) Yes. This is huge. If you're listening, blocking and batching because, it's twofold where like, if you know, like, Oh, Thursday is my creative day. Like then you don't have to stress about it. You're like, I have that day to do and you that get to thing. Look forward to it. Yeah. You get to look forward to it. And, um, from like an attention span and productivity standpoint, it's like, if you try to do a little bit every day, you're actually like not getting much done instead of just staying within, uh, like activities is, is what I would call it. Um, yeah. Like what you said before getting in that flow state when you program, yeah, you want to be in that flow state. Right. So I would have a day where it's just programming yeah. and then a day that's like admin. And, um, one thing you said though, you talked about laundry within your business and sometimes there's hard <laughs> things. So I'm curious, there's a, there's like a quote, I'm sure we've all heard it. 
um, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. How do you feel about that? That's actually, um, my dad told me that all the time growing up. And I think that's why he was a musician loved it obviously um and he kind of drilled that into me and I think that's why I want that was such a um motivator for me is just to do something that I loved um <laughs> how true it is I don't know I think when I like look back at like a vague like picture of the last eight years doing something I love I'm like this has been amazing but yeah the nitty-gritty day-to-day you you do have to do stuff that you don't like all the time to keep the lights on yeah, I totally agree. I, I used to think that, oh, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. I think for one, it, it makes work a negative connotation, which like work doesn't have to be bad. Yeah, but also like true. sometimes you're going to have to do things like I hate accounting, bookkeeping, like all of that within my business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sometimes I don't want to post on social media, but it's how I, I market, how I get clients, you know? So it's like, I think these conversations are really important because I know people that Matt and I talk with, you know, sometimes they, they gloss over that and realize that like, oh, like this is my dream and this is what I want to do. But they don't realize like, you're still going to have to do some things that are really hard. Or I love how you, you called it laundry. I'm, I'm going to steal that. I'm going to use that. <laughs> it's the forward. first time I've said that. So it can be both of ours. <laughs> oh, wow. We have, we have something <laughs> together. This is great. Uh, I, yeah, I got a question um, on, on doing these things. You know, what does motivate you to like, Maybe you could just be like, this is enough. I have my clients. I make this amount. Like what would drive you to do a, um, shit, what was it called? Not go, go fund me, not go fund me. Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Thank you. Sorry. Like what would inspire you to like, all right, I got to, now I got to read these books. This is a lot more work. I could just keep doing what I've always done and make good money doing it. But what drives you to, to keep educating and keep, I don't know, being inspired and doing the laundry and stuff. Yeah. It's just like the passion, like thinking of something that I want to see out in the world is really what it comes down to. It's um, when I thought of this ear kit idea, I just couldn't not pursue it. Um, so I think, yeah, it's just the passion and the excitement of just wanting to think, like see something from my brain come alive uh, is what pushes me to do the extra work. Um, and then there's like, I'm big on seasons of life. So there's, this this time I'm in a really work hard season and maybe in the beginning of the year I'll be in like a more sit back season where I'll focus more on my health and uh, relaxation and travel and more stuff like that. Um, I think that's an important way to like set up your life. Um, it's kind of a tangent, but that's just something I'm passionate about. Like you can't you cannot be the best version of yourself every single day with you know, exercising, sleeping well, eating well, cooking, um, doing well in your business, calling your friends, calling your grandma, keeping your house clean. It's just impossible. So setting up like, be like, oh, I, you know, I haven't been that as it communicated with my friends lately, giving yourself that grace, knowing that in a different season, you can do better in that area. But right now you're focusing on these areas. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think just the passion for it um, can kind of get you into like a working season and then you can give yourself a break, um, you know, yeah. in a future season. Yeah, I love it. You don't have to be on all the time and it kind of gives you, I talk about this with like my clients and I sell high ticket offers and it's like, I think it's important uh, for people when they're, for, for one, investing in themselves, but like, and to put that money down. But to know there's like an end goal like it's a 90 day program. We're going to go hard for 90 days. You're going to learn a bunch of shit. You're going to grow the business. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right? You're going to evolve as a person. Knowing that that 90 days, it's going to be up. Cool. I'm going to do all this hard stuff, but then and I'll make all this money, hopefully, right? And then I can relax and then I can settle back down and I can delete Instagram for a week and chill out and yeah. take care of myself again. Um, but I, I think it, it is that. Like, that's what I say. It's why people sign up for marathons mm-hmm. because, or 5Ks or Tough Mudders. It's like there's a deadline and, yeah. and cool. All right, I'm two months out. I got to train. But knowing yeah. that, like, cool, then I'm going to train, then I can just, whatever, relax yeah. or set a new goal. Yeah. The 12 week year. Have you read that? No. It's a book um, kind of in this this vein, this thread. Where it, it encourages you, you know, making goals at the beginning of the year, everyone does that. Like it's a, obviously a huge thing. And this book encourages you to split it up into four quadrants and make goals. Like it's a new year every 12 weeks and kind of going into that idea of seasons. Like this is going to be the, like, the 12 weeks where I work my ass off to accomplish X. And then the next 12 weeks can be, you know, when I'm get back to the gym and start taking care of myself more or whatever. So, or whatever works for you, yeah. whatever your goals are. Mm-hmm. I love it. Similar to the one thing. Some people are trying to do so many damn things. Yeah. And you're not going to succeed if you're yeah. trying to do everything you want to do every single day. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. Uh, if, uh, as we kind of wrap up here, Amanda, are you happy? <laughs> uh, yeah. What makes you, what <laughs> makes you happy? Um, I love sunshine. <laughs> mm. I love my eight hours of sleep. Um, plus some here and there. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Yeah. That's not counting naps. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love, yeah, I love just being able to decide my own days like that brings me the most joy like just getting up and I craft my entire day and it's just up to me um and yeah yeah well what else you got anything else I love all of this I'm <laughs> yes. just curious well her answer for the one question um any advice to your uh, your younger self yeah I, I loved if you <laughs> could tell the audience um I think I said trust yourself Put on blinders. Don't worry about what other people are doing. And quit asking people for directions to places they've never been. Boom. Nice. <laughs> I love that. That. Yeah. That. I, I, heard, I heard this really cool thing about that, like not asking people uh, advice if they haven't been there. And it's um, it's Alex Ramosi. He, he's a multimillionaire. But he has a quick podcast. And he was talking about like um, – you know, if you ask someone their advice on everything, like for his example is your parents, you know, should I date this person? Uh, it's very likely, uh, oftentimes they might say no, 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 no. But then you date someone or oh, fuck, I'm, I'm screwing this up, but essentially it's like, you're never going to find the right thing until it is the right thing. And then that person will be right the one time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm making any sense what I'm saying. So maybe we'll just, uh, <laughs> breeze on past this <laughs> but yes you want to be asking people who have done the fucking yeah. thing or then, just trust yourself okay even better yeah like i think coming from kind of what i've shared like sort of being a shy person a little insecure when i started really ramping up my business i would get kind of in this cycle of being embarrassed to kind of promote it or um you know when stories came out on Instagram like the idea of like putting my face on there was like oh my god that's so crazy like what are my friends from college gonna think about this or whatever um and it's like 
if anyone in your life is going to talk shit about you for chasing something like they're jealous or unhappy with themselves or um, they're just not going to go where you're going to go. Yeah. That's 100%. My yeah, it's like that uh, man in the arena quote. Have you heard that? Um, was it Roosevelt maybe who said it? But essentially the idea is like you're out there doing the thing. Mm-hmm. So if people are going to make fun of you or like talk shit about you, it's like they're not doing the thing. Yeah. So it doesn't even matter if you're, if you're not in the arena. Um, so my, my kind of last question for you is it sounds like you've grown a lot. It sounds like you're oh, not the same yeah. person you were eight years ago. <laughs> 100%. And I mean that in a good way. Um, and it sounds like you've, you've broken a lot of belief systems, like just what you thought was true. And then you surpassed that. So what is next for Amanda? What is like, what is possible in the future? Like if you, I, I do this deeper exercise with a lot of clients, but like, if you look back eight years ago and how far you've come, like what's next, like what, what do you see for your life? <laughs> Gosh, I, I feel like I'm in a really great place right now to kind of dream really about anything that's possible. Um, I'm trying every day to like leave fear behind fear never benefits you. Um, so just going after, um, the next thing and leaving fear on the sideline, um, whether it's like reaching out to like a really exciting person to be a mentor or reaching out to, uh, like a podcast that you want to be on or something like that. Just continue to put myself out there um and maybe at some point sharing what I've learned with other people I think I would love to do that in some form whether it's a course or an ebook or something like that or coaching maybe um so yeah I think that's kind of what's on the horizon and I don't know anything hell yeah I love it I love it (laughs) so if you're listening and you're like, what do I get my mom? What do I get my <laughs> girlfriend for the holidays? <laughs> what do I get my boyfriend what, that has what, a belly button ring? Yeah, how do I? Yeah, <laughs> anyone earring. who's wearing jewelry, <laughs> especially for this ear kit, uh, where can people find you? So I'm on um, Instagram at HarperMade with an underscore at the very beginning. So it's underscore HarperMade, all one word. Um shopharpermade.com and then launching super soon is earkit.com oh wow where, it's its own website yeah oh it's oh, so beautiful yeah. it's go. like a oh, huge upgrade Whoa. i'm so excited um my friend kira has been working hard on it and it looks amazing so that's awesome. gonna be a whole thing where you can wow. like kind of build your own <gasps> ear and all that fun stuff I'm dead, dude. I'm <laughs> dead. I can't wait to get. I bought. I got one. I'm gonna buy. Oh four yeah, more, let's but see it. Go. I can't wait to get crazy. Ma- I never wear jewelry because I just don't like what people make, honestly. But like this, that I can make it my own, is what I like about it. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? So yeah, cool. I'm excited. Awesome. We're all excited for yes. you. Yes, thank yes. you. So excited thanks to see what's so coming. Yeah, yeah, thank you for, for doing this. Um, really fun. That's all I got. You guys got any final words? No, I'm good. No. We are Thanks excited. So much, it is nap yeah. time, and until next time, <laughs> peace, peace out. That was so perfect. That was great.